What up, world? It's your past first point card, Trailblazer reporter Mike Richmond. Goes and do another episode of Lockdown Blazers, part of the Lockdown Podcast Network. Available wherever you get podcasts and now also on YouTube. Uh, we're trying to get to 2,000 uh, subscribers on YouTube. We're up over 1,200. Uh, if you are listening to the show and you haven't subscribed, whether you're listening on YouTube or or on a uh, podcast platform, go to YouTube right now uh, and, and subscribe. If you're watching this on YouTube and you haven't subscribed, go ahead and smash that button. It's right there waiting for you. Uh, we're trying to grow the grow the community there. Uh, we've got a great podcast community and, the, and let's grow the, make the YouTube community just as strong. So go subscribe to the show on YouTube. Today's show, we are recapping the Blazers' 118-113 win over the Toronto Raptors, a much-needed bounce-back win. Uh, we'll talk about that game. We'll talk about uh, Damon CJ playing well together, a, a somewhat of a rarity. And the Blazers closed the fourth quarter with a, a, a five-man grouping that might suggest more about what is to come in the future um, of this team that's sort of in need of uh, some rotational shakeups. And we saw the the beginning, the genesis of that potentially tonight at the Moda Center. But before we get into all that, like we do at this time, it's time for the fastest recap in the West. The Blazers win 118-113. And it had a real uh, here-we-go-again moment to, to begin the game. Blizzard down 13-3 in the first two minutes of the game. Chauncey Billups takes a timeout. And there I was on press row thinking... Oh, are they really going to do this again? But they didn't. Um, they they hung in there down uh, 33-24 after one, down nine. Not a good start, but not a nightmare after after what it looks like. You know, I'm talking about cutting a 10-point lead to nine, but they, they were played better at the end of the first quarter. And then they came back with a massive second quarter, 37-point second quarter to take a 61-60 lead into the break. OG Ananobi was balling, and he's the reason that the Blazers weren't up by more. He had 23 in the first half for the Toronto Raptors. And, uh, you know, one point game at halftime, stayed close throughout the third quarter, tied at 85 to begin the fourth quarter. And the Blazers started Damon CJ, more on that throughout the rest of the show, but started Damon CJ in a rare regular season move to open the fourth quarter. Those two, their two best players, and, and uh, um, helped the Blazers rip off a 10-0 run to begin the fourth period, take an 95-85 lead, and the Blazers held on from there. And when I say held on, I truly, truly mean it. When Fred Van Vliet hit a three-pointer with one minute and 51 seconds left off of two offensive rebounds, the Blazers found themselves up one with the ball under two minutes, and oh no, this would be a bad one to lose. Instead, Norman Powell draws a foul, hits two free throws, the Blazers go up by three, uh, the Raptors basically for unforced turnover as Scotty Barnes dropped a pass out of bounds, the Blazers get a chance to ice it, and they come back to go to CJ McCollum, he gets isolated up top after Damon Lord missed, Dame chases down his own offensive rebound in the corner, finds CJ up top, he gets isolated on Gary Trent Jr., and he says, Come here, young blood. Takes him into the paint. Pump up, fakes him up and under. Little floater from about a step and three steps inside, maybe a half, step and a half inside the foul line. Cash. Blazers up five with 46 seconds left. Raptors proceed to turn it over two more times somehow. Uh, they had a real meltdown in the last 90 seconds. The Blazers hold on to win 118-113. CJ McCollum. 29 points, Damon Lord 24 and 8 dimes. CJ added uh, 6 assists and a really fun block that led to a Damon Lord 3. He blocked Scotty Barnes at the rim with two hands. Um, dude got up. He was fantastic. Uh, Larry Nance Jr., 15 on the off the bench of, on 7 of 7. Uh, Nazir Little, louder game than the box score, but he had 8 points. Um, 
for OG Ananobi, 23 points in the first half, just six in the second half. He led the Raptors in with, with 29. Pascal Siakam had 20. Scotty Barnes had 18 and 8. Fred Van Vliet, 16, but most of his damage came very late in the game. Gary Trent Jr. in his return, the Moda Center, 18 points and six boards. That's your fastest recap in the West. So a couple things I want to unpack. I want to spend a lot of time talking about that fourth quarter group today because I think that was the biggest, um, that was, that was the sort of the biggest thing that came out of this game was that the Blazers played Dame, CJ, Norman Powell, Nazir Little, and Larry Nance Jr. to close out this game. That was their group on the court to, to finish this one. Um, Nance played the entire fourth quarter at center. Uh, Damon CJ both played the entire fourth quarter. Um, they pushed up, both played 40 minutes. That's too many minutes. Um, that's why they don't start the fourth quarter. You kind of got to steal four minutes for Dame there and then take CJ out and steal three minutes for him and like get them down in that 36, 37 range, 35, 37 range. 40 is just too many. Um, but uh, this was a game where for the most part, uh, Dame started... D- uh, 10 of 18 from the from the floor misses last three shots. CJ finished 11 of 18 from the floor. It would have been if Dame didn't miss those last three shots. Just the second time all season that both of them had shot north of 50% in the same game. For all of the Blazers' troubles, and they have many, they're not a particularly good defensive team. Their offense can um, can get a little bit bogged down. They're they're just they're small on the wings, and um, it it comes up on both sides of the ball in terms of like where they can exploit mismatches, et cetera, et cetera. But all, all, all of that, sometimes it's just as simple as dude's got to make shots. Dude's got to just, they got to make shots. Dame had 24, CJ had 29 and they win the game. Um, you know, it's Dame missed a couple late, a couple ugly ones late, quite frankly. Um, but you know, this was going to be just the second time all season that they, that, that, like I said, that they'd shot north of 50%. And that other game that they shot north of 50% was October 23rd when they blew out the Suns for Chauncey's first win. Uh, that Saturday night, just absolute beatdown. The best the Blazers have looked all year. Um, it's, you know, there's there like there's a lot to unpack, and this is the place where we unpack it. We go deep. I try to make you smarter. I try to bring you. I try to bring you to quote David Locke. I try to I try to teach you the nerdy little stuff that makes it more fun to be a fan, right? Like that's that's my goal here, right? Is to give you, um, is to dig a little bit deeper. But like sometimes it's really simple. I don't, I don't mean to, I don't mean to make it anything else. Like if Damon CJ are good, the Blazers will have a, a puncher's chance in every game. Now, sometimes their defense will let them down and sometimes they'll need a, a tertiary scorer like they had tonight in Larry Nance. But like the simplest thing sometimes is just have your two best players play like your best players. And I, I thought if nothing else, like you sort of like surface level uh, takeaways when Damon CJ are good, this team just looks like a different team. There were moments when CJ, you know, was, was, flying off screens or getting kickouts from Dame and hitting threes and screaming. Uh, Dame hit a left wing three fall away over Scotty Barnes and let the Raptors rookie know about it. Like, you know, talking smack like that looks like Dame. Um, and it looks like CJ. It was sometimes it can, it can, sometimes it can be that simple for sure. Um, I think, you know, uh, they needed this. They needed it. Uh, they played so poorly in Denver. Um, and they, they lose, you know, they lose by 30, lost by 29. And they just, they weren't in that game at all. They were not competitive in that game. And it was, it was, it's, it's not a good look. It's, it's okay to get 
be beaten sometimes, just lose sometimes, but to get just not to not bring the sort of requisite effort required um, is troubling. And I, that was a troubling loss at Ball Arena, no, uh, Ball Arena in Denver. Uh, it was. And this game, like, I'm not going to say like, oh, they played so hard and that's why they won. They brought the requisite energy. They brought the requisite effort. Like this, this is what is required of them to be a competitive basketball team. And I thought you saw that tonight. This was, you know, they started slow, but then they matched that, that effort they played. Um, I thought the first unit kind of had kind of came out of the gates flat, but, um, when they came back in for their second shift in the third quarter, like they were playing hard enough to be competitive in this game. And I'm not saying like, I don't want to make that the headline. I just want to say like, um, that is the level they need to play out to be a competitive basketball team. You saw it tonight. Um, sometimes it's as simple as play hard enough to be to to compete at an NBA level and have your two best players make shots. That that is the sort of simple takeaway from this game. But there's more to it. The Blazers did something a little bit different, and on the sort of heels of maybe a lineup change is coming. The lineup change didn't come early, but it came late. Let's talk about that small ball group that closed. Um, that closed the game and kind of what that might mean going forward, what it might, what we saw from that group, what, why it worked, etc. We'll do all of that in the second segment. But before we get there, I want to tell y'all about Theragun. Don't let the stress of daily life weigh on your body. Whether you're an elite athlete like me or just trying to make it through your day tension-free, Theragun can help. Theragun is the handheld percussive therapy device that releases your deepest muscle tension using a scientifically calibrated combo of depth, speed, and power. Plus, it's as quiet as an electric toothbrush. The Gen 4 Theragun doesn't just feel good. It gets to the source of pain by releasing tension using Theragun's signature percussive therapy, which goes 60% deeper than vibration alone. So whether you want to treat your muscle tension from working out, an injury, or just the stresses of daily life, there's no substitute for the Theragun Gen 4. Plus, that OLED screen and the new design makes you feel like you're holding something from the future. It's got a futuristic look and feel, so just go to their website. You can check it out and see what the future looks like. Plus, the Theragun app learns from your behaviors, so it can suggest guided routines. It can make it... it it's smart. It can learn from what your body needs, make your body feel better and reduce your stress. So why don't you try Theragun for 30 days, starting at only $199. Go to therabody.com slash locked on right now and get your Gen 4 Theragun today. That's therabody.com slash locked on therabody.com slash locked on. So we talked about the Blazers win at 118-113. Much need to win. The Blazers improved to 6-1 at home. They're not as good on the road. <laughs> I'm just going to tell y'all. Uh, if you're really good at math, you know they're 1-7 away from home. But um, it's a good team in the Motor Center. It's a good team in the Motor Center. I don't... I, it's... When they're here, when they're in Portland, they're, they've looked pretty good. Um, they'll have a chance to prove it against Chicago and Philly the rest of this week. Um, so maybe we'll be singing a different tune, or maybe we'll say, "Hey, this team's for real." When they're in this building, and we'll worry about um, we'll worry about the road trips, the road trips ahead of the road trips, right? But um, you know, hold on to your joy. This was a game that was fun. It was a competitive game. It didn't look like it was going to be maybe a fun game early, but it was a fun game. Like the Blazers, I thought the first half was entertaining, um, and the, the down the stretch it was. Uh, even if the Blazers like almost gave away a 10 point lead, like 
an entertaining basketball game. But let's let's talk about the stretch run. Uh, the Blazers, I noticed it right away. I, I sent out a tweet like, oh, Damon CJ on the court to start the fourth quarter. It certainly hasn't happened this year. And just in the history of this, these two you know, running mates together, it's been very rare. It's not something you see in the regular season, in part because of what I mentioned in the first segment. It's like you don't want to play your starters that many minutes. Playing them the entire fourth quarter is bad news. Um, Chauncey Billups started that quarter with uh, Dame, CJ, Nazir Little, and Larry Nance Jr. He brought in Norman Powell uh, about a minute or so into the fourth quarter. So it wasn't, it was Tony Snell to begin that fourth, um, which I like. I like the Snell, Little, and um, and uh, Larry Nance up front, that trio up front, shooting and length um, and some, some versatility and playmaking that you get from Larry Nance. But then, you know, Put your three best players in the court through, uh, with Norman CJ along with Damian Lillard. No problem with that. And so the Blazers go, um, they go small, they get the win. Let's rewind a little bit. That's Here we are, start of the fourth quarter. That, that group rips off a 10-0 run, t- t- takes a 85-85 game to a 10-point lead, and all of a sudden the Blazers are in control in the fourth quarter. But w- join me in the not-very-far-back machine uh, pregame. Chauncey Billups is asked, you know, um, are are you going to go with the same starters? And he says, yeah, yes, I'm, you know, I'm going to, I'm, I'm, I'm not there yet ready to make a change. Like I know maybe we, maybe that is coming down the line and I'm, I got to figure it out, but like, that's, you know, we'll, I'm not, I'm not there yet. Uh, and then he was asked about kind of dealing, and I, I asked him about this, and then a, a reporter from Toronto who I'm, I'm not sure who he was, so I, I wish I could give him credit here, but um, like, we, we asked this sort of in tandem as follow-up questions, kind of like, how do you deal with Toronto's length? Like, they're so big. They play so many guys who are 6'7 plus. Um, you know, they everyone in their starting group is 6'5 and above, and they, they just play a lot of sort of like-size big wings. And like, and Chauncey Billups said, you know, we go up against a size disadvantage every night. He said, we're getting used to it. We give up size every night, is the direct quote. Um, whoa. <laughs> It was honest. I appreciate the honesty, but it had me thinking like the Blazers have to do something a little bit different and they come out with the same group. Um, and it didn't work early, but, um, I don't think Robert Covington and Yusuf Nurkic were bad in this game. They were bad against Denver. And there's been some lowlights from Covington this year. He has not been the sort of like magical glue guy that he's um, that he's been in the past and how, how I really viewed him as this kind of like, um, scheme proof really just like really solid helper he has not been that he's had some nights where he's just gotten burned he's had some bad closeouts um i think some of his decision making has been a little dicey on offense when his decision making should be shoot it or move it i think he's gotten caught in between the shooter to move it um situations too many times but like i don't think nurk and robert covington were bad in this game in fact nurk didn't score very often but i i watched him after that opening quarter very closely i was paying like really close attention to nurk um and while he only finished two for four with five points he had 14 boards uh didn't didn't record an assist in this game some of that was stylistic the way that the way the raptors guard but like um i thought he played really hard especially in his second shifts in the second and third quarters i thought he played really hard and then he doesn't play at all in the in the fourth quarter right and and roko doesn't play at all he played just 23 minutes nurk played 18 and they go to this group and they go to this group for a couple reasons one this that forward trio of 
Snell Little and Larry Nance has opened several fourth quarters in a row now. This is kind of their starting fourth quarter group. So, and usually it's CJ and Ant, but the decision was to go to Damian Lillard. And Chauncey Billups talked about how he had planned to play Dame like three minutes to the nine minute mark and then steal three minutes for him and and get him a little bit of rest because, um, you know, he's still playing with his abdominal issue. He didn't play the night before because he's dealing with the abdominal issue. So it's like, going to kind of... <laughs> You know, you have to be respectful of man's body, right? Or at least aware of that of it. Um, you know, CJ doesn't need to play 40 minutes either, but it's a little bit different because he's not dealing with this sort of nagging chronic injury. Um, so, but, you know, they were rolling and, and Chauncey just kind of did what coaches do. Sometimes they play on feel and they say, this group is our best group. I'm just going to roll with it. Um, it it's, it's why you got to sub because like when you watch Damon Lord play, he's your best player and you're not going to want to take him out. Um, <laughs> it's why you have rotations. You got to save yourself from the feel because if the feel will let it go long, but they go to the small group and, and it, and it works and it works for a couple different reasons. One, it works specifically because they're playing the Toronto Raptors. The Raptors do not play a traditional center very much. Uh, they, the Raptors basically play six guys. Um, you know, they played nine, but, uh, Delano Banton played eight minutes and uh, Svi Mihalik played eight minutes uh, and Malachi Flynn came in for three minutes after Gary Trent Jr. got kicked in the groin. He was not going to play. So they were only going to play eight guys and they're really going to play like uh, six and two quarters um, because which is I'm, I know that's a half, but like it's it's very spot minutes for the other guys off the bench. Like they play their starters. They play uh, Trent Jr. and Van Vliet and Barnes and, and Anobi and Siakam. They play their style. They switch everything. They like to, they're just long and strong. And that's kind of what they lean on is is, is sort of that group. Uh, Raptors couldn't slow down the Blazers tonight, to be clear. Like we think of this team as a good defensive team. Um, that was not the case. The Blazers really lit them up. Um, but, but the style lends itself to going small, right? Like um, they're going to switch a lot. So you're going to play a lot of one-on-one. They're going to send two to Dame. So you kind of want someone to be a, a decision maker who can handle a little bit. And for a Nurk has, while he's improved a little bit, his decision-making in four on three situations. So that's when you send two to the ball and, and Larry Nance catches it on the short roll as opposed to rolling on the rim. You roll, you cut your roll short, you catch it. Now there are four odds offensive players against three defenders. That's your four on three. Those are terms uh, maybe I use too, too loosely. So let me help you. Let me slow down and help you a little bit. But in those four on three situations, I think, uh, Nurk's decision-making is, um, it can be a little poor. He had two actually really good passes early in this game to Norm and Norm just missed threes. So like I said, I don't think Nurk and Roko played poorly, but Nance is better at that. And Nance worked that short roll and played well. He he's really good at catching, making a quick decision, or just or just um going right into a dribble handoff and screening against an advantage. Like when you have a player when you have a man advantage, just like shoveling to CJ and setting a quick screen or moving it to the opposite side. Like he plays um, you know, Nance's decisions are good there, are pretty good there. And um you know, Nas hit a three out of one of those exact situations where he, where the, the double came and Nance found him in the corner and he hits a three. Like, um, this was, uh, it made sense specifically against this group, right? Like this is, this is who you would run that against. You, you, you get your three best players out there. You best your three best offensive players out there. You, you, 
you go a little bit smaller, but you keep your athletes on on the floor. Those are your two most athletic players in Larry Nansen and Nazir Little. Like that that group, you're playing specifically because it matches up against the Toronto Raptors. That's why it works because this is a matchup specific thing. Now, it didn't need to maybe be leaned into for the full 12 minute fourth quarter push. Like that maybe was unnecessary. Um, and maybe like, you could have just like figured you could have rolled back into this for the final six and a half minutes or something. But the Blazers, you know, took took control early in that fourth quarter and then were able to hold on. I thought they were a little tired at the end of the fourth. Um, so so maybe it's not ideal. But like uh, this, it worked tonight. What I want to talk about to close the show is like a change is still coming at some point with this starting group, like it's just, just hearing the way Chauncey talks about it, a change is, is imminent. Is this it? Let's, let's answer that question to close out the show. Did we are, do we already see the change? Have we already, ever we already seen it? But before we do that, I want to tell you about rock auto. It's, it can be hard to buy the car parts you need. There's just a ton of making models out there. And if you go to your chain auto parts store, you know them. They just can't possibly carry everything you need. And if they do, you it's just a hassle to go up to the counter person and say, hey, I need this make for my 2008 Subaru Outback. Oh no, it's not an SE. It's actually, um, it's 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 not the Sport. It's the, it's, it's the LEs. Like it's just, it's, it can be too much of a hassle to figure out what they have. So why don't you cut out the hassle and save yourself some money? Thus, get your time back and keep your cash by going to rockauto.com where you can spend 30, 50, or even 100% less for the same parts that they're going to have at your chain auto parts stores or at your car dealership. Rock Auto is a family business that's been specializing in helping do-it-yourselfers for over 20 years, so they've got you in mind. They're a family business that knows how it works. So why don't you go visit their website right now and find the solution to your auto part needs? That's rockauto.com, and you'll see everything you could possibly need to work on your car or truck. And while you're there, perusing the website make sure you write locked on in there how did you hear about us box that way they know we sent you amazing selection reliably low prices all the parts your car will ever need rockauto.com today's episode is also brought to you by betonline.ag it's back and better than ever a new web interface for the start of basketball season and more props and odds and lines than ever before betonline.ag remains your number one spot for basketball and it's still your number one spot for a college and pro football. So head on over to that new and updated website. You can do it on your desktop. You can do it on your mobile device. And when you're signing up today, use the promo code locked on for a 50% welcome bonus. Why not? Use that promo code. Get a little bit of free money. So from basketball to football, baseball, uh, baseball's done, but basketball to football, to the NHL season, to uh to combat sports like boxing and UFC or soccer here and abroad, even your favorite Vegas casino games. Don't wait to take advantage of all the amazing offers available. That's Bet Online, the fastest and easiest way to bet on all your sports action. Bet Online, where the game starts. Still a pass first point guard. Still Mike Richmond. You're still listening to Locked on Blazers. We talked about the Blazers' win. We talked about them going small and kind of why it worked against 
Toronto. And let me reiterate, I think going small worked in this matchup specific way. I also think that throughout the year, Yusuf Nurkic and Robert Covington have been the Blazers' weak links in the starting lineup, but I do not think that was necessarily the case tonight. Um, Norm didn't have a particularly good game. He's better than both of those gentlemen at basketball, just kind of on the whole. And he's been better this year and he's making more money. And there's like political and, and strategic reasons why he would be in the game, right? But I don't think this was a bad Rocco game. Finished with 11 points, blocked three shots, had two assists, three boards, hit three threes, like made a play off the bounce to score, like dribbled to the rim and made a layup. That is a very rare Robert Covington sight. Like, um, I don't think this was a bad Rocco game by any means. Uh, he was part of the the starting group that didn't that did not start the game well, but he I don't think this was a bad Rocco game. And Nurk, this is a brutal matchup for Nurk. They tried to post him up on Scotty Barnes early in the game. Uh, very special Raptors rookie, going to be a very good player. And Scotty Barnes stood him up and it was like, oh, if you can't post against this small group, um, like if you can't punish them in the post, this is not a good matchup for you. And I, again, I think Nurk played really hard in his um, in his second and third shifts. Like I think he played really hard. I was, I was watching him very closely because I do not think he played particularly hard against Nikola Jokic. I think he got um, his ass whooped a little bit in Denver and then he just kind of sulked. Um, and that combo, I was like, is you know is that going to carry over nurk is kind of moody he's been a little cryptic on social media and in kind of um the way he's addressed some frustrations uh both in the past and in recent days so like you know i i was keeping a close eye on nurk to see kind of what the deal was and after he actually scored his uh his third and fourth points on a layup and and one and then made the free throw he like put his arms up in the air kind of um almost like mockingly almost sarcastically to say i did it i did it i scored but this was not a bad nerk game as much as it was a bad matchup and this wasn't a bad roco game as much as it was like another thing worked and they went with it um it might have made sense to steal Rocco some minutes there in the middle part of the quarter to get guys some rest, but whatever. It might have made, made sense to steal some minutes for Anthony Simons to get guys some rest, but whatever. That's not what happened. But the question isn't like why it happened. We kind of unpacked that in the second segment. And I wanted to address it again to begin here. But like, is this the change that's coming? I, I think a change to the starting lineup is is probably still necessary. I don't think this this one game against the Raptors has really changed my opinion on that. I think they just need to change it up to have different different juice, different juju, different like add add some new flavor into into the plan. Um, I'm maybe not advocating for like heavily benching um, Robert Covington, but if I think Larry, you could make a case that either Larry Nance or Nazir Little could add a little more um, oomph to the starting lineup. Um, and if, you know, and, and Rocco is a really elite help defender, but if you put Larry Nance in that spot, he's a really good help defender too. You don't lose as much. Uh, Rocco's not a good point of attack defender. The Blazers don't really have that on the roster. Norman Powell kind of uh, gets those assignments sometimes, but he's not particularly good at it. So even if you take Rocco out of that starting group, you your weakness, that weakness remains. And I don't think you've sacrificed too much. Um, as far as like what to do with Nurk, I don't know. I don't think you can start Larry Nance and play him 30 minutes a night. So I think like the move would be to move Rocco out of the starting lineup. I don't think you move Rocco out of the rotation. I am not, I'm still um, a believer that he's, a, he can be a positive contributor, but I think some of the problems with that starting group is that they just, they're kind of lethargic to start the game. And if you put in one of these energy guys, whether it's an answer or a Larry Nance, maybe they can, uh, or whether it's a Nas or a Larry Nance, maybe they can kind of, um, 
you know, get, get this team going, just change up the mojo a little bit with that starting group. So I'm in favor of, of I'm still very much in favor of changing up um, the starting five just because it's time to experiment. But I will say this, and I think this is an important caveat. Larry Nance has looked best all year long when he plays center. Not when he plays power forward next to Cody Zeller. He looks fine there. And not in the very brief minutes he's got to play power forward next to Yusuf Nurkic. He looks fine there, but he, he kind of still looks out of place because he, he feels like well, the way the offense works is that he should be kind of floating on the perimeter. And he's not he's best diving towards the rim and making decisions in the middle of the court and then kind of spotting up off of those actions. He had won three kind of on a on a side pick and roll where he, where he decided to pop late. It wasn't like he was just standing there. He took advantage of some movement. He he kind of moved into the space that repla- that where the roll had gone, like the you know, vacated area. He filled the space in the vacated area and got himself got his feet set um and hit a 3 from the from the left corner. Like it's he's not perfect as a power forward. So I don't I don't want to suggest that this is like an obvious solution. Um, he's better as a five, but I, again, I don't think you can play 35 minutes of Larry Nance at the five. And if you do, it, I'm not sure what you do with Cody Zeller, who's been um, kind of struggled a little bit as of late, but still has some positive moments. And like, I, I don't think Nurk has been so bad such that he deserves to be like playing 11 minutes a night or something like as a, as a spot role. Um, so it's it's a challenge, but I think, and and Chauncey Billups was kind of adamant, not adamant, but he was he said as much after the game that like this wasn't um, there's nothing to read into the the solution that that he went to in the fourth quarter or the lineup that he went to in the fourth quarter. But pardon me, Mr. Billups, pardon me, Coach, pardon me, Chance, I'm reading into it because I I've been we're both watching the same game. Uh, Nas and Larry Nance provide positive minutes in times that Rocco and Nurk don't always provide positive minutes and they always provide energy even if the energy is like chaotic and mistake prone they provide some juice that this team desperately needs particularly to start games where they have been starting slow and as Chauncey Billups has said counter punching this is a team that needs to throw the first punch and I don't know if that's going to happen Wednesday against the Bulls. I don't know if it's going to happen. I would seems very unlikely they would do it um, for, uh, on Saturday against Philadelphia. Whether Joel Embiid is back from uh, quarantine protocols or whether it's Andrew Drummond, like whatever giant person they start in the middle, you, that's not a Larry Nance night. It might be double bigs with Nance and Nurk, but it's not like um, you don't. I, I don't think it makes sense to start small. It makes more sense to go small against bench units. Other teams typically um, start big and go small. That is like typically how it works across the league. So it, it makes more sense to match it up. So I think the guy you move out of the starting group is Covington, and I think the person that you I would put in there is is Nance. But he hasn't looked good at the four. So if you want to convince me that the person you put in there is Nas, you are pretty small then, and you might um, have some problems. But Nazir Little's a good rebounder, and that should help you to some extent. And he always plays extremely hard even if sometimes he plays with a little bit of chaos i think we saw maybe not the blueprint like that i don't know if a small ball is going to work every night because again this was really specific to what the raptors were doing but i do think we saw kind of um a peek into the comfort level that that chauncey billups has i think he's more comfortable with Nas and larry because he knows what he'll get and to some extent a lot of coaching is just like who who are you comfortable knowing what will happen when they're on the court? Um, even if they're, if it's like kind of varies in, in relative amount of success, like Larry Nance went seven of seven tonight and, and had 15 points, five boards and two assists. He's probably not going to make all seven of his shots. A lot of more dunks though. So he might shoot pretty well on them. Um, so it's like 
Chauncey doesn't want us to read into it. And I don't think it's like this like specific exact change is coming. But I think you saw tonight the truth. Billups is more comfortable with Nazir Little and more comfortable with Larry Nance Jr. Those are those are the the sort of frontline guys that he has more comfort with than say a Snell or a Zello or a Rocco or a Nurk. It's just the truth. I think that change will come at some point, whether it happens Wednesday or in, in some week, some some game next week. Like I think Covington is going to move out of the starting lineup in the nearest future. Just reading, just based on kind of what Chauncey Billups has said, um, you know, listening closely to the, like reading between the lines in post-game and pre-game press conferences that I have um, attended in, in, in the recent days, uh, whether virtually via Zoom or in person like this, this evening. So I think it's coming and I think you can see why. And I think we got a glimpse into both why and, and, what Chauncey Billups like preferences against the Raptors. This was a good game. Like the Blazers played well and had fun. Enjoy it. Um, hold tightly to your joy. Uh, it's it's okay to appreciate wins even in a season when the team that you like is seven and eight. It's okay to say, remember that Raptors game when Dave and CJ both went off? That was fun. That was fun. Like um, hold tightly to your joy, <laughs> please. Like if, if, um, the world is tough, so if a Blazers win brings you joy, hold tightly to it. Here's the thing. You don't have to wait long for another one. Wednesday night against the Bulls. Then uh, one game in five days. Two days off, and they play Saturday, then two more days off. So uh, this this was their fifth game in seven nights. This win over the Raptors. Uh, on Wednesday, it will be their sixth game in nine nights. That's a lot. And then they play one game in five days. A much-needed rest. Uh, the Chicago game, the Bulls are really good. Just beat the Lakers tonight uh, in Staples Center. That, that'll be a tough test. So we will have... A recap of that game. Uh, be sure to look in your feeds for a recap of of that one on Thursday's show. On Wednesday's show, we're going to do a mailbag show. That's Tuesday night. We'll have our mailbag show. So uh, we do each week. Listeners submit questions all episode long. Send me a tweet at Mike G Rich if you have a question, or email me lockedonblazerspod at gmail.com. And Friday show Jason Quick of the Athletic, our our weekly guest. Um, friend of the program with Jason Quick of The Athletic will join us for Friday's show. So don't miss that one. No one's doing it better uh, than Jason in Blazers land. And no one's been doing it longer than Jason in Blazers land. So do not miss that one. Like I said, mailbag, recap, quick, great shows the rest of the week. Uh, make sure you're tuning in and telling your friends to do the same, whether they find us on YouTube or wherever they get podcasts. Just search Locked on Blazers. Make sure you subscribe to wherever you're listening to the show or watching it in that case. Appreciate you listening. Talk to you soon.